Hi again, Stuart Gandalf here. Welcome everyone. Uh, today I'm going to be introducing uh, my new friend, Kathy Divis. Kathy is president and co-founder of Greystone.net. And I'm excited about our topic today because we're going to be talking about something that is really, really critical in the world of healthcare marketing, which essentially is the phone calls or the contact interaction with prospective new patients. And so you may think, well, geez, Stuart, you own an agency. You know, why do you worry about those operational things? And the point is that it's really kind of counterproductive to send a bunch of phone callers or a bunch of people online to uh, respond as a new patient if they can't be handled by our partner client. So Kathy's role um, is at the strategy side of things. So a lot of times when we work with clients, we've been focusing our energy on the uh, training side. You know, how do you get the staff to answer the phone properly and what's the scripting and what are all those things? And those are all really important topics for another day. But backing up, before you drill down into the staff, the questions like, you know, who should the staff be and where should they be and how does this all fit together? So the strategic side of call centers is really, really important. And today it's even a bigger topic than call centers. So when we talk to Kathy today, we're going to be focusing more on the strategy of how do you integrate and what are the communications options and all those kinds of things. So with that broad opening, Kathy, welcome to our uh, podcast today. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for inviting me to speak. I'm excited to be able to talk with you and your your listening crew. Very good. We have uh, so much to talk about. So before we get deep dive into this topic of call centers and uh, broader um, kinds of centers to respond to patient inquiries and customer service issues, tell us a little bit about Greystone and your specific, uh, you know, your role at Greystone, you know, and maybe broader Greystone, and then your specific expertise in call centers. I'd be happy to. Um, Greystone Net is a company that started back in 1996, um, and we're based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and we focus exclusively on the healthcare market and really on the digital and marketing side of the world. And so we help healthcare organizations develop um, digital strategic plans, uh, really anything that's related to websites, intranet, social media, those kinds of things. But like you, like you said earlier, um, really strategically, um, not that we don't do some tactical things, but we really try to look at the big picture and help people create some realistic plans on how they can move forward. And, um, but it, it kind of interestingly, before I was president of Greystone, I worked at three academic medical centers. And in each of those um, academic medical centers, I had responsibility for call centers. And it was something that I uh, thoroughly enjoyed and um, be began to build a little bit of an expertise around and a niche around. And so I've been doing call center work for, I hate to say it, over 30 years now. And I do everything from help people build call centers from scratch to really these days, I'm spending a lot more time helping organizations re-engineer an existing call center, um, repurpose a call center, um, consolidating um, perhaps multiple call centers into one. And then it's merging together with my Greystone world or my digital side of the Greystone world in that more and more call centers are beginning to 
integrate with digital platforms and digital solutions and that voice channel and the digital channel are coming together um, and working together as a team so it's um it's really come full circle but it's it's a uh, it's a part of the industry i really have a passion for yes that's excellent and it's such a rare skill to understand how to put this all together uh, and in fact, that's why we just referred to you to one of our clients and probably will more. So the world of healthcare is changing, right? And so um, hospitals are no longer hospitals, they're part of health systems. Practices are no longer practices, they're part of multi-location groups. And so we see the complexity rising and it was not an easy thing to do back you know, at the, at the very low end of the scale when you have a solo practitioner, even then the phones were difficult. But when you start adding multiple locations, many doctors, um, insurance and all the different issues, it gets very, very complex. So I did allude to, uh, at the beginning here, the importance of, you know, if we're going to have new patients inquire, you have to be able to handle them in a really strategic way, right? Because there's no point in making them call, then have them sit online for 10 minutes and then hang up. But what are some of the other issues that come up with that are important about, um, for the people that aren't really thinking as marketers or as administrators about call centers, why should they care? What are some of the important issues? Sure. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you certainly don't want to start a new marketing campaign and encourage people to call and then have them have a bad experience because it's worse than having them hang up at 10 minutes. It means that they probably have a, a lesser opinion of your brand and your customer service. So you really want to be able to perform well. But, you know, call centers have been around literally for 30 or 40 years now in the healthcare industry. And they've kind of waxed and waned over the years, but they've really um, kind of come into their own over the last probably two years or so. And now much more because of COVID and the pandemic and the need to be able to communicate effectively and quickly with, with our patient population. Um, but beyond, you know, beyond that, a lot of organizations, even before the pandemic st um, hit, started looking at their call center operations because they began to realize that inside, whether it's a hospital, it's a multi-practice um, physicians group, whether it's um, however you're structured as a health system, you probably as an organization have many, many call centers. Some of them are probably very um, sophisticated and well-run, and others are probably um, one or two people that are answering phones and doing the best they can while they're letting people, you know, helping check people in at the, at the door and at the front desk and those kinds of things. And so hospital administrators and executives started to realize that they really needed to do a better job at that and that they could, they could both probably save some money, cut costs, as well as improve customer service by beginning to look at all of these different operations and pull them together and streamline them. And even if they don't bring them together physically, bringing them together from a, a managerial or a service perspective can be very helpful because you can finally have a time where you have, you know, one technology platform, one telephony platform, one management system, one um, set of customer service standards, one training process. Not that you aren't going to do things, you know, customized for some areas, but you can start to really bring best practices across the organization. And at that point, you can, you can really, you can raise the level of customer service that you're giving to your patients. And you can also 
probably optimize your costs. You can probably lower your costs and do a better job of using your, your um, labor pool because you've probably got two or three people in one area answering phones and five or six in another. And, you know, they're not helping each other at busy times or, or low periods of time. So there's, it's really become increasingly important in this environment. We have today, obviously technology is changing constantly. And you mentioned this idea of really it's migrating the call center concept to more of a content contact center concept. Do you feel like they're doing uh, or the, your clients are doing a good job of integrating these voice and digital channels? And what are some of the challenges uh, in trying to do that? Well, I think it's, you know, to be fair, it's probably all over the board, Stuart. Um, you know, there are some organizations that are doing it well, and there are some organizations that have barely started. Um, but, you know, folks these days are very interested in self-service. Um, you know, they would prefer not to call if they don't have to. They'd like to be able to, to go online and schedule their own appointment or change an appointment or um, do things like that. So, so yeah, most organizations are really seriously looking at um, how they can reduce the volume of calls that come into a call center by moving things more to a digital perspective. And while that, while that's really that's really good for a customer service perspective and a patient perspective, it's also good for the call center because it allows the call center then to let their agents really concentrate on those callers that need need a higher level of service. So it, it works out very well. But the contemporary call center of today is really morphing into a contact center. And that means an organization or a, a service center that can handle telephone calls and web chats and email and faxes and maybe video conferences and virtual care and you know a whole variety of different things text text messaging those kinds of things so you're becoming um call centers are really becoming even though i call them call centers because i have for forever call centers are really becoming contact centers and are are really um, widening the the types of services that they offer to meet really the the patient where the patient wants to be met from a communications perspective if i if i prefer to get my communications via text then your health system ought to be able to do that if i prefer to get a phone call you should be able to do that and if i want to move smoothly between both of them depending on my needs that should be doable also so it's really interesting you mentioned that and one of the fun things i talk about when i'm speaking is um, you know, if you ask patients, what do they want to be able to do uh, online? And a couple of things are be able to communicate with their doctor and be able to schedule their own appointments. And if you ask um, doctors what they want, do not want them to do is to be able to communicate with them online <laughs> and be able to schedule their own appointment. So, you know, that's uh, beginning to mute, uh, migrate a little bit, but there's still some rigidity. Now, obviously, at the system level, there's uh, less democracy and someone's got to make a decision. But do you find that you know, how well are, um, you know, contact centers doing at these kinds of things, right? Because, you know, communicating with doctors is a little bit different, but still we have to figure out a communication strategy. How do we deal with the providers? How do we schedule appointments? Do you feel like that again is all over the board? And what have you learned that can help as people begin to contemplate these kinds of issues? 
One of the things that I always tell my clients when we start to talk about call centers and particularly about consolidating or streamlining and centralizing is that it's rarely a technology issue. It's typically a political issue or, or politics are involved because you do have um, a lot of resistance to um, to allowing um, someone besides um Betty, who's always done my scheduling for me for the last 20 years to do my scheduling. So there's always a bit of that. Um, and um, and it does require some push from the, the top down usually, but you can usually work through most of, of those those types of things. But yeah, it's it's not it's it's a heavy lift, but it's a heavy lift from a from more of a political and um, communication and philosophical way than it is from a technology because the technology is definitely out there so we really have to explain to the physicians and to the the, the physicians offices how this benefits them and more importantly how it benefits their patients that's really a good point it's funny when we were talking to our uh, now mutual soon to be mutual client um, i think that was uh, really heartening to him to recognize that, oh, I'm not alone at this, <laughs> because everybody feels like they're uniquely challenged politically. And certainly these are things that we see as well. You and I both see every day. But the importance of politics, I think it's it's really important to start by admitting that is an issue, right? That uh, because if you're yeah, if you're not dealing with that, you're never going to be successful. You know, so what are some of the um, with politics in mind and technology in mind? You know, what are some of the critical success factors in creating a contact center? I mean, what, what kinds of things, you know, if you were to sit down and uh, talk to our listeners for a few minutes and saying, okay, these are the several things that I think are really important for you to consider. You know, well, I always like to start out, you know, maybe it's the old strategic planner in me, but I always like to start out with really what the goals of the project are and what are you really trying to achieve? And I like to get a vision and a set of goals that we can work towards together. Um, because if we don't have that, then um, we're really we're really in a uh, we could potentially be in a worse position, you know, in a bad position if we don't if we're not all rowing in the same direction. So I like to kind of have a vision of how they um, see the operations going forward and then what they're trying to achieve. And once you start with the vision and the goals, then you can begin to kind of peel away the layers of what are the challenges and the barriers and how are we going to you know address those issues i'd like to tell you that there's a silver bullet to to fixing the political issues but there really isn't um it requires a lot of communication it requires executive support and um, from the top down, because you're going to have some docs that are going to, you know, run to the hospital administrator or the chief medical officer and, and complain about not wanting to do this or wanting an exception to the rule, um, you know, and so you've got to have some pretty heavy-handed support or some pretty strong support from management to move this forward. The other thing that I would say that is probably the easiest way to move this forward successfully is to try to do it in a stepped process. Um, start with, if you can, start with a group um, of physicians who want to do this, that are excited about it. Um, run with them, get some success under your belt, then bring in another group and another group. 
um, pretty soon you can find that um, people will be talking it up. Um, there'll be some jealousy of folks that don't have it and they want to get to it. So, you know, I would never recommend that, you know, if you had five or six call centers or scheduling centers, I, I personally would never recommend that you consolidate them all in one swoop, you know, on January 1st, 2022, you're all going to be consolidated into one. I would do it in an iterative process. Um, but if you can show some success along the way, um, and you can get some of the physicians to start to say, not only, hey, this isn't so bad, but this is really good because of these reasons, then you're going to get a lot more cooperation. You know, it's so true. I find that in the world of healthcare, we often talk about a pilot <laughs> and we find that, you know, in any, in any group of 100 individuals, uh, but particularly in healthcare, some people are going to be more innovative than others, right? Some are willing to take leadership, some are willing to be the guinea pig, you know, others are going to be very, very conservative and last in line. And that's just human nature. And there's a whole model called diffusion of innovations about that, where there's, you know, early adopters and um, uh, innovators and laggards and late majority and all those kinds of things. So Kathy, tell me about EMRs, CRMs, online appointment scheduling, some of the developments there. Sure. You know, I think there's probably been more change in the call center environment in the last two or three years and there maybe has been in you know 20 years before that but um you know now a, a really a contemporary call center it has to integrate with so many different legacy systems it's very important obviously that they integrate with the electronic medical record system um, for both appointment scheduling and canceling and appointment management as well as messaging back and forth with the clinicians, um, those kinds of things, that, that's terribly important. Um, that kind of merges together with online appointment scheduling, which is becoming um, much more of a must-have um, than a nice-to-have these days. Um, patients have that expectation. Um, and so I think that's really important. And some of them do it through Cerner and MyChart and, and those kinds of things. And some use other systems. But having a call center that has the ability to integrate with the online scheduling system is really important. And then if you're a marketing call center um, or you're um, really functioning as a marketing call center, then having, and even if you're not, having integration with your, your CRM system for your health system, your customer relationship management system, is really quite important because you're going to gather as a call center a lot of information about your patient and your patient population, and you're going to want to be able to share some of that information appropriately with the CRM system so that you're communicating um, in the way that the patients want. So call centers have become very um, high tech and very technology driven these days. Um, and it, it's a great thing and it's, it's terribly important. That makes a lot of sense for sure. And there's other technologies that are coming up. For example, being able to queue for urgent cares, um, uh, you know, virtually so they have to come in um, uh, to the office. And in fact, that's actually something we should talk about for a moment. So with COVID, uh, I, so I actually went to the urgent care this last week and I sat there and I, it's funny, my wife talked me into going in. I've, um, I've been putting this off forever and they ended up essentially doing a virtual appointment as it was anyway. They came out and did my vitals and still talked to me versus bringing me in. And I thought about 
as we go forward with you know the experience from COVID, why would we ever go back to having a bunch of sick patients in the waiting room, right? I don't think we're ever going to go back to that, frankly. You know, I mean, I, I was even thinking the other day, I mean, this is off subject, but, you know, I, I pick up groceries at the Kroger through curbside, you know, curbside drive up. I order online, I, I pull up, they put them in my trunk and I go. I don't ever see me going back. I mean, not that I won't go into the grocery store from time to time, but I'm not going to give up curbside delivery for a lot of different things. And I think the same is true in healthcare. Um, You know, I I had a knee issue um, back in May. I had a a virtual appointment with with my orthopedic surgeon or my orthopod. And, you know, she was able to to run me through a series of exercises, see exactly what my problem was prescribed. It was great. I never had to leave the house and that's going to happen. And from an urgent care perspective, the ability to save a spot in line um, makes all the sense in the world. Um, get a notice when you need to, you know, head toward the urgent care center. And if you are sick, and most people going to an urgent care center are, then you don't want to sit in a in a in a waiting room with a lot of sick people. So I think COVID, I mean, I think it's easy to say that COVID has obviously changed healthcare in ways that none of us ever expected. I don't think we're going back. I think the same is true for call centers in in many, many ways. And COVID, like it or not, pushed us into a digital transformation that we perhaps weren't ready for, but definitely needed. Um, And that's that's not going to reverse back. Um, it's only going to get better. The, the use of virtual care, the, the use of, you know, queuing um, electronically. I mean, that's, that's here to stay. So going to the technology side, you know, now we're talking about um, uh, telehealth. And what's interesting there is that, you know, there's a continuum, right? So I just mentioned yet a minute ago, I went to the urgent care. My wife talked me into it. She said, oh, somebody needs to listen to that, you know, because I was having this cough thing. And by the way, it's not COVID and, uh, or anything bad. But the, um, you know, they didn't, it, at the end of the day, they didn't feel like they needed to listen to me. And, you know, so it was a, it was a virtual visit at the um, urgent care. Now, that's probably extreme due to COVID. But, you know, how do, you know, this, how would, does the, you know, integration of telehealth integrate with all this? Because obviously if they're setting up for in-person versus telehealth, that's a different system. But do you face these kinds of things as well as you get it, work on these kinds of assignments? Sure. You know, because a call, a call center, my definition of a call center is probably different than yours, which is different than, than someone else's. Because, a, you know, a call center is a generic word, but it can cover so many different things because there are marketing calls and all in healthcare. There are marketing call centers, there are scheduling call centers, there are clinical um, triage call centers, there's the switchboard, there's an answering service, there's, um, you know, a whole, there's the billing call center. I mean, there's all kinds of different call center functions. And, um, and so how you define it, you know, really makes a, a, a big difference as to how you move forward. But now with COVID, what we're seeing is that a lot of call centers are also playing a role, particularly those who have a clinical component. So a call center that has nurses or, or some kind of 
some type of clinician as part of the, the staffing team, we're finding that they're playing a role in telehealth and virtual care. And it can be all over the place. It can be as easy as just, or as simple as being the gateway, kind of like you were talking with your experience, but, but the gateway before you get to see a physician, the, the nurse that comes on the line that does um, uh, you know, an H&P or asks you some questions or checks your medications and those kinds of things to actually providing more clinical advice um, and experience. There's a fair number of call centers that are beginning to get deeply involved in not only telehealth, but, um, but kind of remote patient monitoring. Um, so, you know, watching vitals that are, are you know, are being um, communicated um, electronically to a call center, you know, your blood pressure, your heart rate, your weight every day, you know, a scale, you know, a, a, a congestive heart failure patient that gets on a connected scale every day. And then that, that the weight is communicated to a call center. And when it, when a, a person in the call center sees that your weight has gone up five pounds overnight, you know, they, they can do an alert and, and an outbound call to you to, you know, to ask you questions, how you're doing those kinds of things. So, um, I think call centers have a, a, a really important role to play in this whole virtual care telemedicine world. And we're, we're only, frankly, you know, scratching the surface right now. That's a really interesting insight. One thing you mentioned is really important. So when we deal with clients, you know, again, usually as an agency, we're focused on the marketing. In most cases, sometimes we get into patient experience, but a lot of times it's towards generating new patients. And so the marketing side is really important. And oftentimes we have, you know, simplistically for keeping the technology simple, a phone tree, right? So if you're a new patient, press one. If you're inclined to schedule, press two. If you need triage, press three. If you need, you know, billing questions or whatever, that's, those are often different departments, different people. And that's where people get into trouble when they try to have, you know, one team do everything, right? Because they're, you know, some calls go a lot, you know, an insurance question could last an hour. And so we can't have a new patient waiting for an hour behind somebody. Um, are there any specifics within that or best practices when you figure out how to build these kinds of calls and whether it's triage or whatever, how, how does that work? The thing that I would say is you don't want to have, you know, you don't want to have a staff that's trying to do everything at once. You want to have pods of staff that have expertise in certain areas um, because the service levels are just higher. And even as you consolidate call centers, if you consolidate call centers, you can have you know teams of people or pods of people who are co-located together or even in these days remotely managed, but you know, re they're remote, but they're managed uh, in a, a co-managed kind of environment. Um, but you're going to want to have folks that have a certain skill set. I mean, I even think, you know, if, even if I just have a call center that's a clinical appointment scheduling call center, as an example, um, I may want to group a, a set of agents who have... Um, who work together and who have a specialty in a particular area. So I may have my my agents who are scheduling for cardiology and CT surgery and 
radiology or something altogether, you know, and they cross train and not to me, that doesn't mean that they can't necessarily handle a pediatric call if, if, you know, the call center swamped and they need help. But if you have these pods of people inside your call center team that are, have some expertise, um, then it's, it's a better environment all along. Um, the other thing that you can do is there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of artificial intelligence these days and computer telephony integration that based on who's calling and what number they're calling that can route calls to agents that have certain skill sets, you essentially build, um, for lack of better words, you build a resume for an agent. So I'm a, I'm a call center agent, I'm Kathy, and, and I have skills in uh, nurse triage and blah, 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 and blah, 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 whatever it might be. And I can take those types of calls where you sitting next to me, you're not a nurse, and therefore you're never going to get any triage calls. You might get a triage call to, as a holdover to get to a nurse or something like that. But there's a, there's a lot of ways that you can handle that from a technology perspective. And it's just getting um, easier every day from a technology point. Totally makes sense. Uh, a couple more questions and we're wrapping up here. Um, one would be things that are warning signs that you just, you see a lot that you just know are going to kill the success of the project if you don't intervene. In you know, you, one of the things that I would, would say is that you've got to protect your agents to a certain degree um, because um, particularly if you're transitioning a scheduling center or several scheduling centers into into one there are going to be messes you know there are going to be mistakes there are going to be times when things are scheduled wrong and i've seen so often where doctors will pick up the phone and call the scheduling agent and just ream them out over the phone because they made a mistake and um and that that's really disheartening because they may schedule 100 people a day and make one mistake and they get yelled at for that one mistake and that's not something that the doctor would do with the staff that's sitting next to them and so sometimes you really have to um have to get in and protect your staff particularly in the beginning and 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 let people understand that you know you're not going to be a hundred percent perfect scheduling as an example along the way the other thing that i would say is if you start and it's totally different but if you start to think about consolidating or centralizing some of um, your call centers together um you know obviously you're going to have to have a conversation about staffing and taking staff from a physician's office or a medical practice or one call center or another to bring it into your your new entity and if you're not really careful there you're going to end up with the worst staff you know if you say to dr jones that hey you're going to have to give up one of your staff um to the to the new consolidated call center i can guarantee you dr jones is not giving you his or her best oh that's just evil kathy <laughs> that's fine that never even occurred to me i'm so naive who knew <laughs> yeah you have to be you know it's like oh dang i can finally get rid of stewart you know i it's a perfect opportunity it so happens to me all the time be, kathy i'm used to it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i'm sure but i mean those are the kinds of things you know and and um the other thing that i would say is you really have to um as a call center manager really communicate well your successes and your 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 
not only your successes, but just your outcomes. You know, what kind of volumes are you handling? What's your average speed to answer? What's your abandonment rates? If you can start to talk and communicate with your clients, which are your, you know, your other associates that you work with and show them what you're doing and the volumes and how well you're doing and, and really, you know, kind of um, explain when you have issues, because no matter what you're going to do, you know, on Monday morning at eight o'clock, that phone is going to ring off the hook. Um, unless you're a 24 seven call center and you're open all the time, but you know, so there, there are going to be times when you just can't handle the volume. Um, and so you're going to have to have strategies for that, but that's, that's for another day. But, um, but, um, there's, there's a lot of little pitfalls that, that can get you no doubt. For sure. And then as um, we talked at the very beginning about the difference between the strategy side and the training side. So as you're building, you know, all these things in, then you get into, okay, how do you answer the phone? How do you handle this? Uh, I know that's not something you do, but are there any critical success factors there to make sure the training goes properly or things that are will uh, ensure failure of the critical last mile, like what actually happens on the phone? I look at training as as kind of um, kind of a two-sided coin. One is the onboard training when you're bringing in new staff and you've got to train them on all the legacy systems and the protocols and how do you pronounce doctors' names and what's your basic customer service. So you have all that kind of legacy onboard training when you come in. And then you have to have, to be a successful call center, in my opinion, you have to kind of have um, an ongoing training program with the staff to keep them up to date on not only what's going on in the clinical enterprise or throughout the system, but, you know, anything that's new and, and it, you know, bringing them on board and helping them be excited about their job. So there's a continuing, you know, education kind of piece as well as an onboarding piece. But then I always want to tie the training to the QA process too, because in a call center, quality management is, in, is really important. Um, and you're probably, most call centers record every call. So you as the manager or supervisor will be able to go in and hear both sides of the conversation. You need to have a scorecard for what are those important elements of um, that you train for. How do you answer the phone? How, you know, you know, how, you know, do you, do you say thank you? Do you call people by their, their first name? Do you call people Mr. and Mrs.? You know, that kind of thing. How formal do you want your call center to be? Um, but, and then did you follow the protocols? Did you follow the processes that you're supposed to? Were you able to resolve the, the patient's problem or the patient's um, request? And so, you know, I look at the training piece, but the QA piece is just as important because you've got to go back and adjust your training based on what you're seeing from a QA perspective also. Um, and so having that, that, um, that piece of it in a call center is, is very important. Last two questions. One is any recent, um, I, obviously the 30 second or one minute version, but a case study that's you just, I think represents the kinds of things that are working these days. You know, Stuart, this hasn't been a normal year. Um, and call centers have, have really been slammed this year, as you might imagine. I mean, I had one client in the Northeast, Northwest, pardon me, that, um, that, you know, overnight up in Seattle went from having, you know, maybe a hundred calls in the morning to having a thousand calls in every morning. Um, and there's just, no matter what you do, you just can't, 
handle that kind of volume. And particularly when you're trying to figure out how to send people home and work from home and agents to work from home and those kinds of things. So, you know, it's been a, been a tough year, I think for, for, for everybody, but for call centers too, because they've had to work with tremendous volume, um, very, um, scared people, um, very scared employees. I mean, we had, I had one client that had to set up an entire call center just to handle, um, employees who had been exposed because in the early days we didn't know those patients had COVID. Um, and so, you know, you could end up having a couple hundred patients or pardon me, um, employees, um, team members, clinicians, nurses, doctors who had been exposed. And so they had to, you know, figure out a way to really manage, you know, that exposure, collect a lot of information, figure out how much at risk somebody was, and then then help them get testing and, and care. So, I mean, call centers have really had to do everything from the patient you know, work that they've always done to now, you know, helping take care of associates that um, are having issues. And then, of course, right now, obviously, we're in the rollout of the vaccine um, and call centers once again are just absolutely slammed because, you know, it's kind of the same thing in reverse. Now it's not so much people are wanting to be tested or be seen, but they're trying to get their appointments scheduled. And we all know how that's you know, difficult and how it's, how it's, you know, it's how it's driven by strict protocols. So, um, gosh, it's been a, you know, all I can say is God bless these call centers because they're working, um, tremendous hours and doing really doing God's work. That's awesome. Well, again, I started the the topic with, you know, I feel like call centers are underappreciated. It's just sort of a fact of life in most people's viewpoint, but whether it's from a marketing standpoint or triage or caring for our patients or customer service viewpoints, patient experience, it's it's at the center of so many things within healthcare. So uh, it's not as sexy as a robot, <laughs> right? Or, you know, immunotherapy for cancer. It's not sexy like that, but it is powerful and it is important. I think this past year has probably shown more people in healthcare, executives and others, just how important a call center concept is. Because all of a sudden you've got, you no longer have people coming into your brick and mortar, but you're having people come in through your call centers and your websites. Um, and um, although the although I made a comment earlier that call centers have kind of waxed and waned through the years, they're definitely on the uprise now, uh, on the uplift, and people understand. Um, hospital executives understand now what they do and why it's important. Well, you know, another metaphor I use a lot when I'm speaking or working with clients is that, you know, the phone call, whether it's for a lot of these different issues, it's kind of like you we got the Super Bowl coming up, right? It's like advancing the ball all the way downfield and you're on the two yard line. You know, you've done all the things necessary to convince the patient to finally call your office. And then at the two yard line, which is that critical, you know, that's where the call center is. Uh, it's like the the team decides to go off and get a pizza and leave the stadium. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you just lost them. You had them all the way to the end and you blew it on that two yards away from success. So it's really, really important. And it's such a thing that, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kathy. It really is, you know, and that's why, like when people ask me, you know, like, 
what's you know what should be the average calling i have a really hard time with that because who knows you know i mean it depends on it, it depends on so many factors you know i mean obviously if you've got one agent that's always doing 20 minutes on a call you need to have a conversation with him or her but you know there's so much variability in everyone and you're right if you if if you if you don't manage it properly you fumble that ball Kathy, if anybody's interested in getting your consulting, what's the best way to contact you? Probably the best way to um, contact me is just to um, reach out to me at graystone.net. That's our website, www.graystone with an E.net. Or they can email me at kdivis at sign graystone.net. Anyway, good talking. Good talking to you, Kathy. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for the opportunity. And I hope it was. Uh, was a great listen for your readers.